Aren't y'all glad God's got it under control? That we can trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not to our understanding, and all of our ways acknowledge Him, and man, He'll just direct our paths. Woo! Praise Jesus for that. Amen? Well, I want to share a word with you, so get your Bibles out. And if you would, go to the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel. We're going to look at what Zeke's got to say tonight. Chapter 22, verse 30. It says, Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. 30. It says, so I saw for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Now, this scripture, if you've been a Christian for very long, has probably come up in your reading, or you've heard somebody preach on it, or whatever. It's one of those scriptures that people preach on a whole lot. And uh, in my daily reading, I, I came across it, and, and it kind of jumped out to me, and I was looking at something here, and, and I, I, I want to read it to you, the same verse, also in the New Living Translation. Reads just a hair different. It says, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found none. And so I looked it up in, in Young's literal translation to kind of make sure to see if the New Living hadn't just kind of, you know, spruced it up a little bit. And uh, it, it really is a pretty good translation because he's talking about the wall that's being, that God was looking for was a wall of righteousness. Everybody say a wall of righteousness. Isn't it interesting? You know, there's, there's just things that happen. You know, like I've always, I've always in my walk with Jesus, you know, you don't often hear the Father speak like he said to Jesus, well done. This is my beloved son. Right? You don't usually hear the dark cloud and, you know, that God can do that. He will do that. You, you more often hear the voice of Jesus speaking to you. And then even more than that, you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. But uh, I've always noticed that God, when he's trying to get a point across to me, he keeps running something by. Like everywhere I turn, I just keep running into this thing and I'm not looking for it. It just keeps coming up. I'm just looking at it because it keeps coming up. And I'm like, Okay, I, I get it. You're trying to show me something here, right? So when I was looking at this, I, I thought to myself, isn't it funny? I mean, he's looking for someone to build a wall. Does that ring a bell? I'm just talking in a natural sense. We have heard that term in the last several years, going to build a wall, going to build a wall. And I got to thinking, Lord, are you trying to, I mean, naturally we were trying to build a wall between us and Mexico, but spiritually you're looking for a wall to be built and maybe, you know, it just came out this way because, you know, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out. So it says he's looking for a wall to be built, but he's looking for a wall. The wall that's going to be built is to be a wall of righteousness. Okay. So now I go all the way to the end of the book, end of the, the big book, Revelation chapter 19. 
I want to show you something. Now, y'all remember the story in the book of Genesis about Lot, and he went to Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And, and then Ab- Abraham was out, and then the Lord comes up, and he says, hey, we're going to go destroy Sodom. And then, remember, Abraham gets in this parlay. Well, if there was 50 righteous in the city, would you destroy it? And he said, no, I wouldn't do it if there was 50. Then, well, what about 40? You know, what about 30? What about 20? What about 10? And you know, I've always, I've always read that, and I've always just thought, how gracious the Lord was, who not just to say, you know, Abraham, just about had it with you. You know, I mean, he just keeps, he's like a kid wanting something. Well, what if I did this? Or what if I did that? You know? And finally he says, no, you know, so they go into the city to see and check it out for themselves, right? And then you know what happens, everything goes crazy and whatever, they, you know, finally get Lot and his family out. But my point was, as they were looking, they didn't want to destroy the city. They were looking for somebody righteous. They were looking for something. They were looking to see uh, some sort of spiritual something that was going on, is happening in Sodom and Gomorrah that would merit not destroying it. So you got to understand something about God. God is so gracious that the whole city is just, I mean, depraved and just lost. But yet, if they had just found 10, he wouldn't have destroyed it. Okay? So I was asking the Lord about this wall. I said, you know, you're talking about building a wall, and, and you look for somebody to be building a wall, and then you look for somebody to stand in the gap. So apparently, to me, a gap means either the wall fell down or there was a door, right? There's a gap. You're building a wall. You would, you know, something. And so I, I was just saying, I was just talking to him about this. And this scripture came to me, Revelations 19, 8 says, And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So he's talking about the, the end here, and he says that the righteous acts of the saints actually created something. That's the point I want to make. The righteous acts of the saints actually created something. So I began to think about America, and I began to think about all the righteous acts of the righteous people from, you know, the, the beginning, 400 years ago when the Mayflower landed, the righteous acts of people they began to do that began to create and build a wall of righteousness over this nation. Not a wall in a bad sense, but a wall in a good sense. You follow me? Because you say, someday you say, oh, you know, he's, he's got his wall up. Like you can't get into him, can't talk to him. But that's not the wall we're talking about. We're talking about a wall of monuments of righteousness. Do you follow what I'm saying? We're talking about a wall that, you know, has righteous acts in it creating this wall of righteousness. Are y'all hearing me now? So then every now and then there's this little Yehu that comes by with his little hammer and starts chinking on the wall. That's why it had a gap in it. I never forget when I was a kid, I can still see it like it was yesterday. I don't know what was wrong with me. I was probably 10. And I got my hands on a machete. And uh, we had a door that was in the garage, and it was just built out of uh, one by sixes or one by eights. You know, that was just a 
plank door that had a cross, you know, buck on it there. And I took that machete and I made a swing at the edge of that one by and it, you know, cut. And then it was just like I had to do it again. And then I couldn't stop. And then I just had to do it again. And then I did it again. And I just couldn't quit. I just kept chopping and chopping and chopping. And man, before long, I had me a good old V in that door, you know. About the time my dad came out. You know, needless to say, I didn't get to handle a machete anymore after that. That was all put up, and I was pretty well scolded from that. But he never took that door down. It stayed like that till I think, you know, we left the ranch. It was there, chipped out, with this V in it. I looked at it all the time. Now, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking as a kid. It just was fun. It was just, you know, it would just cut so easy with that machete. And I think people right now in the world have started in wickedness. And it may have been a little wickedness, and then it just kept cutting and just kept cutting and just kept cutting and just kept cutting and just kept cutting. Folks, I told y'all at the beginning of everything that started this year and the craziness of it, that when it all, the smoke cleared, whether we get to see it in heaven or we see it on earth, it was all going to be about the money. It's always the money. I don't care how you cut it. Wicked People become wicked and do wicked things to gain money. And money relates to power and, you know, and pride and everything else that goes on. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life, right? It always boils down to that. I mean, it's like, it's like this big smoke screen of this stuff. But the real truth of it is it's just selfishness and greed for money. Always is. But righteous people don't act like that. Righteous people, we're always wanting to give. We're always wanting to bless. We're always wanting to rescue an orphan. We're always wanting to see what we can do. We're always wanting to lend and, and give, not you know, expecting anything back. And every righteous act that you've ever done like that has built a wall, a monument of righteousness that stands. Every dollar you've ever given, every blessing you've ever done, every time you've ever stopped and helped somebody, I remember years ago, my buddy Dwayne and I were driving down the road going to Uvalde for some reason, and, and it was in the wintertime, and it was one of these freaky days that we had that it was actually snowing. A little snow was falling. And uh, we were driving down there outside of Savin Island. We drive by, and there's a woman stopped on the side of the road with a flat on the off, the off side of the traffic. And we drive by, and, and both of us look. And neither one of us say anything. And then in just a few seconds, he says, you know, we got to turn around. I said, I know. <laughs> and I remember pulling up thinking, what do we do to not let her be afraid that we're here to kill her? That we want to help, you know? And so we were real cautious to say, ma'am, do you need some help? You know, and stay back by the truck. And, and you know, and she said, oh, yes. And so anyway, we ended up fixing her flat, changing her tire. And uh, we did it because it, that's just what you're supposed to do. You know, you didn't have to really have a Holy Ghost intervention to come in to tell you that's what you needed to do, right? You just do it, right? Because, see, righteous people do righteous acts because it's a natural thing. But unrighteous people do unrighteous acts because that's their nature, so it really doesn't make any difference if a guy comes up that looks like a 
you know, a, 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 a bad person, whatever that your mind a bad person looks like, and pulls out a knife and steals from you, or if he comes up in a Armani suit and steals from you, you know you got stolen from. Hello? Doesn't make any difference. That person's going to do unrighteous acts because that's what's in their heart. Righteous people do righteous acts because that's what's in their heart. And I'm here tonight to tell you that I believe, I still believe, that there's more in America that have righteous acts and are building righteous walls than there are unrighteous walls or tearing righteous walls down. I believe that. The news is not going to get, is not going to create in me an image that, that there is still not a lot of good people in America. They're not racist. They're not all those things that they want us to believe that the world is. They're good people. They'll do righteous acts. And those righteous acts are building walls. And God's looking for righteous walls. He said it right there. I looked for someone that was building a righteous wall. So just think about this craziness. To me, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing that the God that created the heavens and the earth is looking down at his creation to see if anybody's building righteous walls. And if there's any gaps, pieces of God broke down, is there anybody going to stand in the gap? And I believe what's happened right now is that there's been a sizable breach in the wall of righteousness. And what God's looking for, is there going to be enough righteous people to start putting mortar down and laying brick or rock or whatever it is and starting to put it back and say, now we're going to stop the flood. <clears throat> years ago, there's another t- story. Some of y'all have heard this, but uh, years ago, again, I wasn't very old, probably 12, 13 years old. And I was working with my father. And in those days we were, we would irrigate uh, a certain part of the, some farmland and you did it by ditch. You had this ditcher that went behind the tractor and you, you dug basically a big ditch. And then the water just poured into the ditch and it came down and then you put tarps in it to back the water up and get the water level high enough. And then you had these siphon tubes and you had to put your hand over the end of the siphon tube and get it going and drop it into the, the, the row down the, the you know, the, the, that you'd already put in the field. And, uh, but ever so often, you know, because it's, you know, how it is digging a ditch around here, you know, you got rock and all kinds of problems. So every now and then, uh, the, the bank of the ditch would get soaked up with water and get mushy. And then something would happen and the water would break and then the water would start running out. And well, you know how it is when water starts running out, it starts a little bit, but if you don't do something pretty quick, then it gets pretty big. And so I ran over there with a shovel and I was trying to shovel dry dirt into the ditch of the water. And I was losing, I was losing ground. And I was shoveling with everything I was worth at that time and just shoveling dirt and shoveling dirt and shoveling dirt and shoveling dirt. And it was just getting washed off and shoveling dirt and it kept getting bigger. And I panicked because there wasn't anybody else around but me. And I panicked on what to do to stop the water. So I couldn't devise anything at that moment, except I fell in the ditch and just laid in the ditch (laughs) and became the stop. And so my father drives up and he sees me (laughs) laying in the edge of the ditch, you know, the shovel laying there and everything. And so he just gets out and starts shoveling dirt on my back. (laughs) Told me just to lay there because I had it stopped. And so he shoveled the dry dirt and packed it all around and shoveled some more and packed it all around on my back while I laid in the ditch in the mud. 
And then in a minute, he said, I think I got it. And so then I eased out into the water and got out of the ditch and got out without tearing anything else up. Well, that's what God's looking for. He's looking for today somebody to fall down in the breach. He's looking for somebody to stop the breach that's been broken in the gap in the wall and to rise up. It's not like the whole wall has fallen. Because I'm telling you, folks, America's a good place. And there's been a lot of good, righteous things sown in this world. And that wall's big, that wall's thick, but we got a breach. And it's not a big one, but if we don't stop it, it's going to get bigger. And it's time for all of us to stand up there and stop the breach. I say, no, 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 we're not going this direction. We're not doing this. Now, how we do that? Well, it says the, the, that the, the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So a lot of this is in prayer. A lot of this is in prayer. A lot of the repair of the breach is in prayer for us praying. Now, I believe that we need to physically do some things, like stand up and tell our neighbors and Every time we see something, you know, crazy going on, stand in the middle of it. We need to stop like that. But we also, it's prayer. I'm telling you, you're going to be amazed at your prayers that you've been doing for three times a day for the past several weeks. When we started doing that, the prayer bombs we were loosened before that, you're going to start to see the effects of what's going on with that. Okay, now go to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 60, chapter 6, excuse me, Isaiah chapter 6. <clears throat> Verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and his train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And he cried to one another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were were uh, sank by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me, woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. So in other words, he's seeing this vision, and he's in the middle of it, and he sees what's going on, he's like, oh man, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> I shouldn't be here. This is a holy place, and I'm just a man, and I've got unclean lips. And, he and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar. And he touched my mouth with it. And he said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord say, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am. Send me. So in other words, a moment, at one moment, he's like, whoa, I'm in the wrong place. I shouldn't be here. And then the angel touches him, and then he's like, I'll go. That's a pretty big change in one vision, just right? My point is, the way God looks at us, his servants, is to me pretty amazing. Because basically, if you read that and look into that, nobody said anything about Isaiah being there. He was the one that recognized the glory of God and was ready to leave. Nobody said, hey, get that guy out of here. Get that unclean-lipped guy. Get him out of here. Right? 
He became aware of it. It's always the first step to repentance is we become aware that we're being unholy before the Lord, right? But then all of a sudden, he's instantaneously in the right place and saying, here I am, send me. And then, of course, he says, Oh, let me me back up a little bit. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And he said, go tell this people. So immediately, he didn't question him. Immediately, he didn't say, you, the guy that was unclean lip just a little while ago? No, immediately, with his encounter with the Lord, he's like, okay, you go. And tell this people, keep on hearing, that keep on hearing, but don't understand, keep on seeing, but don't perceive, make the heart of the people dull, make their ears heavy, shut their eyes, at least they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he said, until they get it right. No, I'll put that in there. <laughs> until the cities are laid waste without in- inhabitants and the houses without a man, and the land is utterly desolate. He says, in other words, you don't quit till I tell you to quit, but don't quit till there ain't nobody anywhere else to go. And see, the enemy wants Christians right now to give in and give up and just sit back and take it. But what we've got to do is turn on the heat and realize what's going on. There's a breach in the wall of righteousness, and we have to go in there and stop it. The whole wall's not gone. The whole wall is not torn down. There's a breach, and we stop it. And if we have to throw our body into it, well, then we throw our body into it and we stop it. And who's going to go? We're going to go. Why? Because you've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. He is, his blood has touched you and made you holy, and instantly you're in the game. He's not going to say, well, I don't think you're qualified. I don't think you've had quite enough experience. Instantly you're in the game. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Let's look at some New Testament stuff. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. God was pleading through us. We implore on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. It's God pleading through you. It's God working through you to rebuild the wall. It's God working through you to stop the gap. <clears throat> for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, Jesus, who knew no sin, he, he became sin for us. He took it all on him so that we could be righteous. As Christians, you've got to understand, if you're standing on the Word of God and you're believing the Word of God, you are in the righteous position. You do not need to change the Bible. You do not need to have it further interpreted. You do not need to say it's old school. It's, it's, it's outdated. The world is changing. It's coming and we need to change and be more whatever. The Bible is the Bible. The Bible is the truth. We don't need to change anything. We just need to do what it says we're to do. And in doing so, you know what happens? The gap gets stopped. Because you are his ambassadors. You have become the righteousness of God. You have become the wall builders, the one that are going in there because of the righteous acts you're doing. 
You say, well, you know, I never held a big tent revival. I haven't seen thousands of people. No, no, no. It's not that. Don't get that. Don't, don't, don't get that mixed up. Don't get a ministry that God calls somebody to, to righteous acts. Righteous acts are anything that you do that's right. When you talk to somebody, when you encourage somebody, when you tip a waitress, when you are a blessing, when you're trying to do things from a righteous standpoint, not saying, hey, look, that guy's a sucker over there, but we can make something off him. Full born every minute. That's what I was waiting for. It's just business. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's either righteous acts being done or there's somebody tearing a wall down. There's nothing else to it. Hello? Do you know right now, listen to me, I'm just going to say this, and y'all are just, you know, I know y'all know what y'all think. Y'all are all in agreement with me. And, but don't gasp, gasp so much that you suck the oxygen out of this place. But there is a movement amongst pastors right now to get behind the abortion issue. Yes. And I'm shocked. And, 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 and I, I didn't think it. I thought, well, it's a few crazies, you know, getting some limelight, whatever. It's, it's pretty strong. And I'm looking at it like, I don't even understand that one. I mean, I can't, I can't wrap my little country brain around it. But what I'm saying to you is there are people being deceived who should know better. So if the people being, that should know better are being deceived, then what's happening to the rest of the lot? And what I'm afraid has happened to a lot of people is they just checked out. In other words, they just are like, I don't know what's right or wrong. I'm just going to go do my job and you know, try to do the best I can and just you know, make my money and uh, raise my kids and grandkids. I don't, you know, it's just, you know, I don't know. And they're not in the fight. They're not in the, the the crew building the walls. But we got to get them there. And we got to show them that in serving Jesus and living for Jesus as you become an ambassador for him, that you're building walls of righteousness and you can't just sit there idly. At least let us use you as fodder to stop the hole. Philippians chapter 3, my last scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. Do you realize that? I mean, this is not something new that people that should be building a righteous wall get confused and start tearing things down. You had all the Pharisees and Sadducees who who should have been teaching people the ways of God, but they were standing in the middle of the courtyard screaming to Pilate and inciting the crowd to kill Jesus. It should have been, this should be your sign, right? Who is it? Foxworthy does that? This is your sign? It should be their sign when they're trying to (laughs) incite a crowd to kill somebody. Maybe they were headed in the wrong direction. All right? But because they had their own righteousness. See, I don't want to do things on my own righteousness or my own merits, or it's because I think it's right. I want to do it because the Word of God says it's right. And as long as you're building like that, you're always going to be successful. It's like one time, I don't remember who I was talking to or, or, or where I heard this. It may have been Brother Ivan, maybe somebody, I don't know. 
But they're like, uh, if, you, if you have a good thought, like maybe I ought to bake some cookies for my neighbor and just go give it to him. You don't need to pray about it and say, God, is this really you? Should I do this? Because it's a good thing, right? Unless they got diabetes and they're dying and you're trying to kill them by feeding them sugar, you know, then that wouldn't be right. But you follow what I'm saying? This has been years and years and years ago. But someone accused me of not preaching the, the word, not preaching the, the, the spirit of the word, I guess is what they were trying to say. And so it kind of upset me. And so I, I called because, you know, that's why Brother Ivan's around here. He's somebody I can talk to, Pastor Wynn, these people, Sister Annie, that I can call as my accountability. And I said, hey, you know, there was, he said, what have you been preaching? And so I gave him the scriptures, told him what I've been preaching, what I felt like the Lord was showing me, me and this and that and the other. And, and I never forget, Brother Ivan said, well, Robert, uh, have you been like, have you been preaching on the, like the Reader's Digest or something? And I said, what do you mean the Reader's Digest? He said, well, are you preaching from the Bible? I said, well, of course I'm preaching from the Bible. He says, well, then how can it be wrong? And it really set me back because I was like, huh, yeah, that's right, because as long as you stick with the word, you're going to be right. Now, if you're only going to take a piece of the word, twist it around, you can be wrong. But if you're going to stay with the whole counsel of God's word, you, how could you be wrong? In other words, if you're going to preach a message on love, how could you be wrong? Faith. Well, it says here that there are people who want to start their own righteousness, and those people are not wall builders. They're tearing, they're gap makers. But it says, but that which is through faith in Jesus or Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. In other words, there is a righteousness that we have by faith in Christ that we build walls of faith, of righteousness by faith. Y'all with me? So I want you to be encouraged tonight because every one of you and everything that you're doing is counting. Your prayers are counting. Your righteous acts are counting. All of this is towards building the wall or stopping the breach that's going on right now. And I want to encourage you. We got to keep doing it. We got to keep standing strong. We got to keep praying. We got to keep going forth. We got to start pushing back. We got to start standing up and say, no, 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 no. we're not going there. We're not going to do that. And when you do that, then God says, you know what? Hey, I got somebody standing in the gap down there. So that's going to cause his hand to move. And that's what we're looking for. His glory to fill the temple. Amen. So all of those that you know that have just kind of what I'm calling checked out, you need to encourage them to get back in the fight. You need to get the, encourage them to get back into the, to the building business, the kingdom business, the wall building business. Amen? Because I'm telling you, we're going to win. Now, the other thing is, it didn't say how many God was looking for, but I'm going back to the story of Lot. I don't think he's looking for all that many. He's just looking for somebody to be standing there. So, you know, we may be plenty right here in this church tonight. Everybody out there watching on the broadcast tonight, we may just be plenty. But I say, let's just go in with exceeding abundant numbers. Amen. So I want to encourage everyone out there that's watching. Keep going. Keep encouraging people to, to look, to watch, 
Tell them to, to, to subscribe to the broadcast, get involved, get to looking at what's going on, get in the fight. Amen. So I want to ask you to do this. Just stand up with me if you would. I'm going to pray over all the offering tonight, but I'm going to pray over y'all right now. That God gives you eyes to see. All the righteous acts and the things that you've done that's been in walls tonight, because I think you just everybody needs to be encouraged. Folks, listen to me. If you've been, I'm just telling you, you guys have done more, so much more, and I'm telling you, you're going to be shocked at how much wall you have really built in life that you hadn't even realized. Amen? Look at the person beside you and say, man, you've done a good job. Now, Father, I just pray over everybody tonight. I pray, Lord God, that you give them eyes to see and to behold how glorious you are, how great you are, and that, Lord, that they can see that through the righteous acts they've done, that they've been building, they've been, they've been construction. They've been doing all kinds of great things. But, Lord, we got a breach in the gap here in America. And I just declare we're here. And like Isaiah said, send us, Lord. And we're doing our, we're praying, we're standing strong, but Lord, we just say like Isaiah, man, send us, Lord, and let us stand in the breach. So let's stand in there and stop the breach that's taking place, stand in the gap, Lord, because I just believe you're about to move mightily upon this land. And Lord, we want to see your glory, we want to see you arise, and we want to see the angels flying, and we want to see all the, the glory taking place right here in America. So, Lord, we give you praise for it. I ask you, Lord, tonight to bless these righteous souls, bless their hands, bless all of the, 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 the finances, their businesses, their retirement funds, whatever they've got, Lord God, that has been streams of income coming into the life. I ask you to create more, to increase the streams and increase the, 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 the flow coming in, Lord God that they are blessed exceedingly abundant beyond that they could even thank or ask. And Lord, we praise you for it. I thank you for that tonight. Lord, you're doing miracles in our midst and your glory is here. And Lord, we want to be right in the middle of it. So Lord, we praise you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you.